singing your praise. No, I'll never stop singing your praise. I'll never stop and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. I'm Lynn Poindexter and you're watching the three before. Our early learning and child care center is gearing up for another year of summer camp. We are currently enrolling students kindergarten through sixth grade for this year's camp which begins on June 20th and runs through August 25th. Hours are 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily Monday through Friday. You can enroll your student for the entire summer, or we have options for shorter time periods. To learn more, contact Butch Lewis at 302-836-6445 or hlewis at ctcde.church. No matter the storms that come and go in our lives, God is able to use those times to help us grow. All women are invited to a luncheon on Sunday, April 23rd from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. in the Celebration Room at the Bear Campus. Come and enjoy finger sandwiches, cake, tea, laughs, and prayer. The theme is April Showers Bring May Flowers. Learning to live in the tension between what God is doing in us and seeing it come to pass. To learn more or to sign up, contact Linda Horan at lhoran at ctcde.church. The Family Care Ministry is hosting a life group studying the book of Acts. The study includes topics like Stephen, the first Christian martyr, Peter's prison break, and Saul's conversion on the road to Damascus. The group meets every other Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. in room 105. The next meeting is Thursday, April 13th, and everyone is welcome. Thanks for being here today. You can find more information about all of our events by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to stay up to date. As we worship together today, our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. 
please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. Now, let's get ready to worship. Sunday morning, as a new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. Don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again. Because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Amen. Good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Can we stand together as we begin to celebrate the Lord and worship Him? This is our God, right? This is our God. He's alive and He is risen now and forevermore. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame They were like prisons that we couldn't escape But he came and he died and he rose Those walls are rumbled now Remember those giants we called death and grave They were like mountains that stood in our way, but he came, and he died, and he rose. Those giants are dead now. And this is our God, this is who he is, he loves us. This is our God, this is what he does, he saves us, he bore the cross. Let heaven and earth proclaim This is our God, King Jesus 
not because he has to, but because that's what he is. God loves us because God is love. It's not something on his to-do list. He loves you this morning because God is love. Will you say that with me? God is love. Say, God is love. So, God, we thank you for sending your son to die for us. Yeah, we thank you for that. But even more, we thank you that on the third day, Early on Sunday morning, he arose from the dead. And that is why we have new life in him. Because he is alive, because he is alive, he has made us alive. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done. Holy Spirit, we invite you to move among us today. Challenge us, change us while we are in your presence. We pray in Jesus' name and everybody said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, again, welcome. Happy Easter. Everybody looks great this morning. I'm still wearing jeans, though, but that's, that's okay. Right? Some people here in neckties. Wow. Suits and neckties. I feel bad. Not really. It's great to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, early this morning, some of you may have been at our sunrise service. Uh, we had a little over 100 people. Uh, it was chilly, to say the least. Uh, but uh, God was good, and uh, we had a great time together. So we do welcome you today to Christ the Cornerstone. Whether you're in the room or whether you're worshiping with us online, uh, we just want to extend a welcome to you. Uh, right where you are at your seats, you have a Connect card. Uh, those Connect cards are also available to uh, you folks online. Especially if you're new, we ask you if you uh, would just fill that out and just give us the very basic information uh, that you would feel comfortable giving us. And we will promise not to misuse that information. We just want to thank you for your visit and uh, make sure that you have information about our church. Uh, If you're new and you're online, you can do the same thing. You can let us know that you're new. Uh, Also, those of you that are uh, regular attenders, if you would fill out that Connect card just to let us know that you're here and who's worshiping with you. Uh, because we miss you when you're not here. You can also communicate prayer requests and praise reports uh, on that card. And uh, as we say each week, we have uh, groups of people that meet throughout the week uh, to pray over those needs. And uh, so we invite you to uh, let us know about those things. Uh, So also uh, one other thing I forgot, and that is our Connect Central, which is out in the mall uh, as you're leaving the building. 
uh, as you're leaving the sanctuary, rather, on the left side of the mall. If you're new, please stop by there. We have a free gift for you. You can meet some folks from our church, and uh, we just want to encourage you by uh, sharing with you some of the ministries of our church. Pastor Roger. Good morning, everybody. Happy Easter to all of you. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know that He is living no matter what foes may say. There's an old song that has like this. I know that He is living something, something, something. Rats, I forgot the rest of it. Oh, that's sad. Some of you know that, know that old hymn. We serve a risen Savior. It's good. Good to gather together. Thank you again for all, all for being here. On your table or on your chair, there's a, there's a little uh, bookmark uh, that encourages you to pray. What I would like you to do with that bookmark is to take it, put it in your Bible or someplace where you'll see it, on, and it invites you to pray for people who need to hear of Jesus' love. And just you know, Franklin Graham with the Billy Graham Evangelical Association will be here on May 2nd in our area uh, having a rally in, uh, at the Fair Hill, I think that's, I said that right, Cecil County Fairgrounds in Fair Hill. And it's going to be a one-night event. And we want people to pray that uh, that will be an event where people will find freedom, forgiveness of their sins, the hope of everlasting life. And so we're inviting you to take that card and just list some names of people that you'll be praying for, that God may soften their hearts, that God will move in that time. And then we as a church have the, have the responsibility and the opportunity to disciple, to help them understand what does it mean to follow Jesus Christ. And uh, so we have that opportunity for, for bringing change to our area and to people's lives. So I hope that you will pray for that. Here at Christ the Cornerstone, we have three things that we focus on. We love God and we love others. We serve God and we serve others. We, this, the, the gifts and the abilities that Jesus gives to us, created with us, we want to use those in service to God, in honor of God, and to help others. And then we engage the world with the good message of Jesus Christ, the message of hope, message of salvation. And that's what we're here to do. And we as, uh, as members of this church, as people who participate in this church, we uh, commit ourselves to love, to serve, and to engage uh, so that all people may one day know and believe and that Jesus Christ is Lord uh, in, in all these things. We also want to encourage uh, one another to, to give and to be generous in your giving as part of our act of faith. And we have some scripture verses that we uh, say together that will remind us of what Jesus asks us to do. So here's a scripture verse. I invite us to read this uh, out loud together. Let's see what this is this week. Let's read this together. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Let me invite you to stand again as we continue to worship God this morning and uh, praise, sing praises to our risen Lord, our risen Savior. Let me offer this prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for your Holy Spirit who has come and is with us. And Lord, now as we sing, as we listen, as we pray, we ask you to inhabit the praises of your people, Jesus. We want to be encouraged this morning. So come and be present with us as we sing, as we think, as we worship you. You are glorious, and we praise your wonderful work. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. He lives. Amen. God specializes in making dead things live. And that's what he did in Jesus. And that's what he does with us. He turns graves into gardens. And I search the world. It couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise. Treasures of faith. Never enough. You came along. Put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your love. Oh, there's Better than 
Lord praise today. You turn graves into gardens. Lord, you take the dead places in our lives that we think are finished and you make them alive. So, God, we thank you today. We thank you today for your Holy Spirit that is with us, moving in us, strengthening us, enabling us to praise you. And God, we thank you again that your son Jesus is alive today. And so that's what makes us alive. We're going to sing a song that may be familiar. It's a little bit older song, but we've not done it here before. And it's basically what I would call a modern hymn because it's the story of our redemption from beginning to end. And the song is called King of Kings. We just want to encourage you to worship the Lord today. from heaven you came running there was first 
praise forever to the King of kings and the Lord of lords who saw a way to come and redeem us, to save us, to heal us, and to set us free. And we talked a moment ago about God making the dead places that we thought were over, finished, alive again in our lives. And many times we don't know how that's going to happen. But that's what faith is about. That's why we have faith. That's why God gives us the ability and gives us faith in our hearts so that when we walk through those difficult circumstances and those situations, we know that He's with us. We know that He's able.
want to give praise to the Lord today. We don't know how, Lord, but you will. Take a moment to give uh, a blessing to our children as they follow uh, Miss April down to their to their room before we hear our message. Uh, let me invite the children if you'd come. And April, you want to hand? Got it. All right. All right. God, we bless our children this morning. We thank you for them. And Lord, we just ask that you will bless them as they hear and they learn and they study the, the story of you, that you may be real in their lives now and every day. Thank you for them. Lord, we bless them. Cause them to grow strong and healthy and wisdom in you and in favor with you and with others. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You all may be seated. beautiful thing it is to give a blessing to young people, right? And uh, boy, do they need our prayers in this world today. So thank you for, for bringing your children and for us being the body of Christ, blessing them in that way. This verse probably is familiar to you. It comes from Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, and it says, Dear brothers and sisters, and Paul is writing this, he says, One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Fix your thoughts on these. Fix your mind on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Jesus lives. We read the story earlier this morning at at sunrise, but let's hear it again from the book of Luke. And I keep meaning to bring a Bible up here with me, but I keep forgetting it. So I got to go to my app. Uh, Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 1. It was early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking spices they had prepared And they found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in. But they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. The women were terrified. They bowed their faces to the ground. And then the men asked, Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what He told you back in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and that He would rise again on the third day. And then they remembered that He had said this. 
And so they rushed back from the tomb to tell his 11 disciples and everyone else what had happened. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and several other women who told the apostles what had happened. But the story sounded like nonsense to the men, of course. So they didn't believe it. I like that little laugh that came from over there. Must have been a wife. <laughs> However, Peter jumped up and ran to the tomb to look. Stooping, he peered in and saw the empty linen wrappings. And then he went home again, wondering still what had happened. You can encounter Jesus, the risen and living Savior. He is here. He is alive. And He gives us life, too. Fix your gaze on our risen Lord. We're talking this morning, and we're starting a new series this morning called Raised to Live. Jesus was raised from the dead in order to live. And he says and he teaches us that because he raised from the dead, so will we by our trust in him. And therefore, we are in Christ Jesus. And he says, fix your eyes on him. I want to talk about that for a little bit this morning. And I've got some uh, illustrations about fixing our eyes. Got a nice plank here. Do you think I can walk across this without falling off? You better. Says, okay, here we go. But look, look where my eyes are fixed. And I'm just, what, an inch and a half off the ground. But, okay, so that, that was easy. Let's make it a little more difficult. Ooh, I hear the, I hear the bets being placed. We're not really gamblers here. Okay. Let's get this up. Okay. Not bad. Now, given a challenge. Woo! I can't talk and walk at the same time. Eh, okay. Another one? <laughs> You're good. Thanks for the audience participation. It always helps. I'm what? You can do it. Oh, you got to see that. I'm close to the steps there. It's getting scarier. Oh, it's a little wiggly. <laughs> You're funny. There we go. Okay. How about... So end, so endeth the confidence in my skills. <laughs> but you can imagine, even doing, doing this, if I was confident in that, where would my gaze be? It would be focusing on that. We can't get through life without having our focus on the risen Lord 
Jesus. He is the one who gives us strength. He is the one who gives us life. Jesus was raised to live. So I'm asking the question, what does that have to do with me? Look at that. I scraped my thumb on the, on the cinder block. You're so... <laughs> so full of empathy. And here's, here's one of our, 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 our chair, the chairperson of our board of elders. And so if you're going to make fun of me up here, so, so here's you know, one thing, Gwen. One of the things I like to use is, uh, is uh, you know, some of you in the business world may have used the thing called the Strengths Finder. It's a Gallup uh, assessment that you can take, and it kind of helps identify some of your, some of your strengths. And uh, many of us on staff have as one of our top five strengths the ability to empathize with other people. Except some of us don't have any empathy. And so Gwen is very proud that she doesn't have empathy. Anyway, so I'm just going to bleed, and that'll be fine. No empathy there at all. Let's go to let's go to Colossians chapter three. We're gonna this is an amazing passage, and in this series, raised to life, we're gonna we're gonna stick in this one chapter of the book of Colossians for several weeks. Actually, between now and Pentecost, which is the day we celebrate God giving the Holy Spirit to His people, we're just gonna look at this one chapter, Colossians chapter three. And if you want to prepare for messages. Just keep reading Colossians each, chapter 3 each week. But this is what it says. He says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. So we're going to look at this. There's a series of, of cause and effect. Jesus makes a difference in our life. In the email that I sent out, I, uh, the heading of it asked the question, so, so Jesus was raised from the dead. He was raised to live, so what? What difference does that make to my life? She's bringing me a Band-Aid. Thank you very much. That is so kind. I appreciate There is some... Well, I think there was more empathy given to Kim who brought me the Band-Aid and how, how, how moving that was than there is for me. Uh, Anyway, thanks for the band-aid. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. It it is a foregone conclusion that by our faith in Jesus Christ, we are already raised to life. Are you living a resurrected life? Wow, what a question that is. If Jesus was raised 2,000 years ago, and, and, and he says, since he rose from the grave, so can we by our trust in him, by our faith in him, because we are included in, in the work that he has done. By our faith, we are raised to new life with Christ. Therefore, set your eyes on the realities of heaven. Not on, and, and I know other translations, they don't have the word realities in there. But, but these things are, other translations simply say, set your eyes on the things above. But they are so confident in the things above, they put, these translators put the word realities. These are real things that Jesus has done. 
These are real things that Jesus gives to us. We talk about real estate. And it's something that you can touch, something that you can sell, something that, that increases in value. But these are real things also. This new life in Christ. Set your sights on things that are above. There is a spiritual reality in all of our lives. And when we ignore that spiritual reality, we are ignoring realities that we deal with every day. And we've got to pay attention to the realities. Fix your sights on the realities of heaven. And then he continues, in heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Because you died to this life. And again, your real life is hidden with Christ in God. You don't have life except that God created it. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. We're bound by our faith. We're connected with the Creator. But without that faith, without that understanding, without that willingness, we're lost. We are disconnected. And I don't care how you define hell, whether you want to think of hell as fire and brimstone, whether you want to think of hell as, you know, those are all descriptions of a greater reality that in ultimate sense, is an eternal separation from the One who loves you most. That's the effect of sin in our lives. But the effect of Jesus is resurrection, is new life, is reconnection with God. Because our real life is hidden with Christ in God. Heaven is real. We experience pieces. We experience glimpses. We experience pieces of heaven here on earth through our faith in Jesus. For example, we human beings experience deep, deep love. And if you have not experienced love in your life, you're just not paying attention to life. And I know that there are many people who, 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 who don't, who can say, nobody, nobody loves me. Yes, somebody does. You're here because somebody loves you. Somebody cares for you. God, but I'm sure that there are other human beings who care for you also. And we have glimpses that every marriage we celebrate love. And it is a sign of God's love for all people. Even in marriages where they don't want even to mention the name of God or Jesus. And they just think it's just a civil thing that we humans do together. But they experience love. Where did that love come from? Who created us with the ability to have care for other people? To desire to be with other people unless it was God? We can't do this on our own. We experience glimpses of heaven. 
we also experience this reality of heaven, and that is forgiveness. We know that in our own relationships, in our loving relationships, in our parent-child relationships, in relationships with co-workers, we experience the separation of, of doing wrong things against one another. And we need to ask for forgiveness. And the fact that we can experience forgiveness, and even young children, they understand that then when they disobey mom and dad, there's a separation between mom and dad. There's something wrong with my relationship with mom and dad. It's not right. I don't feel right. I feel guilty. What is this feeling? Children feel it and they understand it. We don't have to go to school to learn what this separation is. We have that guilt. Because we've refused to listen to our parents, or we refuse to listen to our teachers, or we refuse to obey the laws. Something's wrong in our relationship. And we need forgiveness. And I've even talked with children, and I say, you, you know what it's like when you do something wrong and you say, I'm sorry to mom, or you, mom says, I forgive you. What feelings change in your life? And this isn't just about feelings. It's about experiencing forgiveness. And the same thing is with God. We have a separation between us and God because of our sinfulness. And we have to say, God, I'm sorry. And we hear Jesus say to us from the cross, I forgive you. I forgive you. Come, fellowship with me again. And we've seen it. And, and, and families, you know, a, a child confesses his or her uh, 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 disobedience to mom and dad. And, and why did you do that? Well, I don't know why I did that. I just wanted it. I forgive you. And there's a hug. There's a restoration of the relationship. There might even be tears. Same thing between us and God. If you haven't made that connection in your life yet, <laughs> you haven't experienced real life yet. We experience glimpses of the realities of heaven in this world, but they're just glimpses, and that's love and forgiveness. And it's peace with God. I've just described that. And another thing that we experience in this world is is deep sense of gratitude. And and people, people who don't even utter the name of God experience deep gratitude. We see it all the time. Who created humanity to experience gratitude? This is a reality of heaven. These are just some of the realities of heaven that we can experience. Now, think of these things, Paul is saying. Fix your eyes on Jesus who brings us these things. And Paul says in, 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 in this passage, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So let's think about Think about that elevation of Jesus to this place of honor at the right hand of God. And, and we go to Psalm 110, which I didn't realize this until I started looking at this. Psalm 110 is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. And this is what, this is what Psalm 110 says. The Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand. I have a place for you. This is, this is a prophetic psalm describing someone greater than King David. And I believe it describes Jesus. 
and what Jesus will do and who Jesus is. And so God, Jesus, having been obedient to his heavenly father, surrenders himself to the reality of death. He came from the realities of heaven. He surrendered himself to the realities of death. And God has reached down and breathed life back into his body and elevated him to the place of honor. Jesus is Lord of all. And we can trust him to bring this life to us. So let's listen to what that place of honor is and what, it, what difference it makes. Said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit in the place of honor at my right hand. How long? How long do I get to sit here? Until I humble your enemies. Making them a footstool under your feet. You are going to be Lord of all your enemies. They will be a footstool. It's, it's an insult. It's an embarrassment. It's a statement of victory over all enemies. Jesus. The Lord will extend the powerful kingdom from Jerusalem who will rule over your nations When you go to war, your people will serve you willingly. You are arrayed in holy garments, and your strength will be renewed each day like the morning dew. The Lord has taken an oath, and he will not break his vow. You are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a priest who who even Father Abraham worshipped. And it's mysterious. We don't know where Melchizedek came from. We don't know... Who, who he, 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 he was serving God. It says, the Lord stands at your right hand to protect you. He will strike down many kings when his anger erupts. We're going to, a couple of weeks, in, 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 we're going to look at this, the, the idea of God's anger and the reality, another reality of heaven. <laughs> That we're going to have to face for another message in this series. He will punish the nations and fill their lands with corpses. He will shatter heads over the whole earth. But he himself will be refreshed from brooks along the way. He will be victorious. Jesus. I tell the story of a man named Jeff Markin. Jeff in the early morning of September 20th, 2006, Jeff Markin was on his way to work when his chest tightened up and he had difficulty breathing. What he doesn't remember is driving himself to the hospital. He called his boss and told him he didn't feel well. His boss was concerned and convinced him to, instead of coming to, coming to work, go to the emergency department. But somehow, Jeff made it there, and once he got there, he collapsed. There's a Dr. Crandall was doing his rounds, and he says he heard the call over the PA system specifically asking for me, Dr. Crandall, because I was the cardiologist on that day. And when I arrived in the emergency department, it was like a war zone. It was chaos. Every One there was fighting to keep this man alive. The staff worked on Jeff for 40 minutes. They shocked him a dozen times despite their efforts. 
There was no response. Finally, Dr. Crandall decided that the team had done everything medically possible and he called the time of death. And medically, Jeff was dead. But he was still experiencing consciousness. And later, this is what Jeff describes. What he saw when the doctor pronounced him dead. He said, I was standing in the back of a funeral home at that time. And I realized that I had died. The funeral home was empty. And I was wondering, where are all my friends and family? Now, back in the hospital... A nurse was preparing Jeff's body to be sent to the morgue. Dr. Crandall was standing by updating his charts. And Dr. Crandall said, as soon as my note was completed, I walked out of the emergency room and I heard a voice say, turn around and pray for this man. He says, I wanted to ignore the voice because I said to myself, how can I pray for a man, for that man? He's dead. He's gone. There is no life in him. So I kept walking. The voice came back again and said, turn around and pray for that man. He said, I I stopped and thought, I need to honor the Lord. So I turned around at the doorway and walked back to the side of the body. The nurse was there on the other side of the body. She was looking at me with an expression that said, What are you doing? Why are you here? They stood next to the corpse and I opened my mouth and these words came out, Father God, I cry out for this man's soul. If he does not know you as his Lord and Savior, Father, raise him from the dead now in Jesus' name. Jeff remembers what happened next. Remember, Jeff, the dead man, still having some consciousness, says, I remember staring at bright lights swirling around. And out of those bright lights came an image that told me that he was here to look over me and make sure that everything was going to be fine. Now, Dr. Crandall says, after I prayed... The other doctor doctor, uh, walked back into the room and I pointed to him and said, shock this man one more time. That doctor looked at me and said, Dr. Crandall, we can't shock him. He's dead. There is no life in him. He's gone. I said, do it one more time for me. So the doctor, out of respect and honor for me, went over to that body with the defibrillator paddles and put the paddles on the patient and shocked him. And immediately a heartbeat came back. Instantly. It was perfect. It was regular. And we've never seen that before. And then suddenly his abdomen began to move. His chest rose. He started breathing. And a couple minutes after that, his fingers started to twitch. They immediately moved Jeff to the intensive care unit and three days later, Jeff woke up with no evidence of brain or organ damage. He says, once I woke up, my daughter Jillian was there. That's when she told me what had happened. 
Dr. Crandall says, when I came in Monday morning, Jeff was sitting up in bed and I said, where were you that day that I prayed for you in the emergency room? Just that I was in total darkness and I was so disappointed. Jeff, what were you disappointed about? The doctor asked. He said, I was alone for eternity. Jeff recalls, he asked me at that time if I was willing to accept God into my life and put uh, and into my heart, which I did. I just opened my arms and accepted God, and it was a very emotional time, and I remember crying in the doctor's arms. Today, Jeff is back at work and gets regular checkups with Dr. Crandall. He's, Dr. Crandall says he still has no heart problems or residual complications from his brush with death. To know that I had been what, what I had gone through and to, and to be fortunate, it's been tremendous. I've been physically reborn. I've been spiritually reborn. And I'm just very grateful for that. This day, the day that I prayed for Jeff, was a day of very little faith, Dr. Crandall says. It wasn't one of my big God days. I was so much in a rush, rush with my work, and I didn't have a lot of faith backing that prayer up that day. But the Lord asked me to do it, so I honored the Lord and prayed. That's all we need. When you cry out to Jesus, the mighty Holy Spirit will take over. Miracles are real. They are real today. Fix your eyes on Jesus. It's an amazing story. <laughs> believe it or not, we have no reason not to believe it. It's a testimony. It's, it's, some, it's a person's real experience. And just like when Jesus resurrected, there were people who witnessed it. They saw His body. They saw the nails in His hand. The nail holes in His hand. Fix your eyes. On Jesus. Larry Horan is a member of our church and he's a captain, a ship's captain. He works for the um, Wilmington Tug Company on the river in the bay. He was out one night, stormy night. His job was to ferry a new crew from the shore out to the tugboat that was assisting uh, one of the tankers through the river. It was dark and stormy, and Larry started out with his crew, and as they got closer to the ship, all kinds of things were moving. The winds, the waves, the churning of the water from the powerful propellers of the other tug. And what Larry needed to do is take his, his launch boat and, and drive it the same pace as the tugboat was over. Nobody stopped. To say, oh, it's time to exchange passengers. Here's a gangplank. We walk across. No, no, no. They, they, they go side by side, and this crew hops over onto that boat. That boat, that crew hops back over onto this one. That's how they change ships. And Larry was getting close to, to the ship, and he, he saw all the different conditions, the, the number of variables that had to be controlled in order to allow safe passage for the crew members. Larry said, he remembers his last words, Oh God, 
And his next memory is being congratulated by crew members at how successful and skillfully he had managed that boat so that they could pass safely. Larry has no memory of how he did it. He just remembers thinking, this is dangerous. I'm an experienced captain. I know how to do this, but I don't have the skills for all of this. This is too much. He cried out quietly, but still it was a prayer. Oh, God. And God took over. Look. (laughs) It sounds so simple, it's ridiculous. We have a statement in, in our world that says, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. But not with Jesus. Come on. We've got to have faith. He's real. Fix your eyes on Him. Larry told me that before he goes to work every day, he prays, God, protect me. Protect the crew. Give me the skills needed for this task. Guide my hands. Guide my thoughts. You can trust Jesus with your life too. And I invite you to do that today. He is the risen Lord and Savior. As we continue to pray and worship and the team comes to lead us in song, I'm inviting you to, to just fix, decide. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. My life is going to be focused on Jesus. You may need to confess, Jesus, I have, I have walked away from you. I have ignored you. I have heard about you all my life from, from little. My grandmother told me about you. My mom, my dad, whatever. Whatever experiences you've had, God <laughs> is wooing you to come and to trust in Him. And you can come and you can say, Jesus, I do trust you. Help me. Keep my eyes fixed on you. Maybe you've prayed that prayer a long time ago, but you're going through a moment now when you know you're in the storms and you just want to come here and kneel or pray and say, God, I don't know if you're going to be there, but I'm going to fix my eyes on you. Come, Lord Jesus. Let's stand together as we sing and as we pray. Let me offer this prayer to get us started. I invite you to come and kneel here if you want to pray. There are people at the prayer stations if you want to pray with somebody uh, in person. You can go there. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jesus, thank you for giving yourself unto death. Heavenly Father, thank you for breathing life into our Lord Jesus again. Thank you, Jesus, that that by our trust in You, we are bound with You and our real lives are hidden with You in God. Thank You for that. Lord, if there's anyone here today wondering, I don't understand that. I don't know how that works. But there's something in there that says, in them that says, I want that. Jesus, let them come to You now simply talk with you. Give them the words to say as they pray. Help us, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen.
across the lake after they had finished doing some teaching. They found themselves in the middle of a storm, and Jesus came to them walking on the water in the middle of the night. Peter said, Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on. As long as Peter's eyes were fixed on Jesus, he was right where he needed to be. It's when that fix changed, the fixation with the wind and the waves and the circumstances, that's when things change for Peter. And that's when they change for us. When we keep our gaze fixed on him, our eyes fixed on him, walking in that direction of that new life that he's given us. It's exactly where he wants us to be. So Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide us as we go today. We pray that you would lead us through this week. Father, we pray you would encourage us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you again, Lord, for the privilege of worshiping together on this Resurrection Sunday. We pray that as families gather today, Lord, you would make fellowship good and encouraging. Lord, mend relationships today. Bring new life in families today. Pray in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. The altar area is still open for prayer. There's still folks at the prayer station. If you're online, you can still meet with some folks uh, to pray. If you still need somebody to pray with you, don't leave uh, today before you do that. God bless you. Have a great week.